Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Barrett Salee joins us once again, a national college football writer and analyst for CBS Sports, and guys, one of the best in the business. One of my favorite follows on social media as well. Barrett, appreciate you taking the time, my man. What's going on? 
Uh, not much, man. Quiet week uh, after the national championship game, but I appreciate the con- kind words, and uh, there will be money deposited into your Venmo account uh, <laughs> later on after that, uh, for the nice introduction. Well, hey, Barrett, before we dive into everything college football, like you mentioned, slow news week. <laughs> uh, the Braves just re-signed Max Fried and A.J. Minter, I believe, to one-year contracts. Your thoughts on the Braves going into this season, and believe it or not, we're just a couple months away from opening day. Do you feel like, can they finally get past the Phillies in the playoffs? By the way, I'm a Braves guy myself, so there's nothing more frustrating than losing to the Phillies or the Mets. Mm-hmm. They finally get it done this year. Well, they don't ever lose to the Mets, so we don't have to worry about that. But, you know, yeah, the Phillies, I think, as well, too. I I just worry about the Dodgers. I mean, that all-star team is insane. But, uh, you know, love A.J. Mentor. Obviously love Max Fried. Avoiding arbitration with both of those guys is big. They just signed Alex Anthopoulos to a huge deal as well. Probably the biggest news of the offseason with with Alex Anthopoulos with what he's been able to do. So I think they'll be fine in LCS against the Dodgers. That's where, uh, you know, what what happens, we'll see. But um, the Phillies, I'm not worried about. The Dodgers very much so. Champagne problems for for fans of the Atlanta Braves. Thinking back, especially, (laughs) I remember when they were winning 60 games in a season. So these are good. I remember it too. Yeah. So, Barrett, let's get into everything. But we're coming up on 48 hours or so that Nick Saban uh, officially hangs it up, retires, if you will. Your immediate reaction to the news? You know, Chris, I honestly was not that surprised. Uh, I was on CBS Sports HQ after the Rose Bowl, and I said there was a 50-50 shot. And the reason I said that was because of how he kind of looked on the podium in that post-game press conference. He looked content. And... How often has Nick Saban looked content after a loss, much less a loss like that in overtime in a college football playoff game? It's never happened. And so it it goes back to something. You can sort of connect some dots. One, normal Nick Saban would have never gone on the Pat McAfee show every single week. Like that's just, that would never happen because his nose would be to the grindstone all the time. But I think more importantly is that it, it, it made me recognize that he views success way different than all of us. And his vision of success is the process, his team buying in. And I don't think there's been, ever been a better example of a team focusing on the process and buying in than the 2023 Alabama Crimson Tide because they could have folded. That team was so close to folding after what happened the first part of the season. And it didn't. It bought into the process, won the SEC West, won the SEC Championship over Georgia, and Saban rode off into the sunset. And for those of us outside the coaching bubble, riding off in the sunset generally means with a national championship, right? I think for Nick Saban, riding off in the sunset means being proud of a team. And he said on that podium, that, he is, that this team, he's the most proud of this team than any other team. He's more proud of this team than even the national championship teams. So he is riding off into the sunset, and he's doing it at the top of his game, and he's doing it after coaching one of the more remarkable seasons in Alabama history. So, uh, you know, I wasn't surprised. You know, was did I think he would actually do it but before the Rose Bowl? No. But honestly, after watching that press conference and connecting some dots – yeah, it, I, I thought it was a 50-50 shot. I thought it was much more likely maybe than a lot of other people. And Barrett, I think we all knew it was coming sooner rather than later, obviously. You know, it's funny. I was asked like two days before it happened, do you think Nick Saban's going to retire? And I felt like obviously within a three to four year span, it was coming. It'd be a shocker when it did, just because you can't imagine college football without Nick Saban. But 
you know, I especially thought, again, like you mentioned, that disappointing Rose Bowl, the team they're going to have next year, Jalen Milrow had announced he's coming back. A lot of the young contributors on that team, they're coming back next season. Um, it, it just still, it, it really surprised me. Um, and, and he talked about with Reese Davis in an interview now that's been out with SportsCenter about the mental grind and the toll this season took. How much of that, Barrett, because you mentioned, obviously, the progression of this football team. I mean, what they were, and I think it was week three or week four against South Florida to the Rose Bowl. I think it's one of his best coaching jobs in his tenure. But how much of that mental toll do you think was on field? How much of it do you think was off field with the ever-changing landscape of college football, NIL, portal, expanded playoff, things that he's been pretty outwardly spoken on that maybe he's not such a huge fan of? Yeah, that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of coaches and the calendar from mid-November till right now is is taking a toll on everybody. You know, I, I've talked to coaches that say they don't have Christmas. You know, I think Hugh Freeze got a lot of, of heat after they lost the Music City Bowl because he said he was more focused on recruiting and not the game plan. I've had multiple coaches tell me they didn't even show up to practices because they were too busy recruiting and, and talking to kids in the transfer portal, all that stuff. It's, um, you know, for a guy like Nick Saban, who's 72 and has previously previously stated, you know, two, three years ago that he's enjoying life more as a grandparent, seeing his grandkids going to the lake, you know, all of those things you can sort of put together and say, you know what? Yeah. For, for some coaches, you could probably deal with it a little bit, but a 72 year old who has devoted a little bit more time to enjoying the things in life that he's never really had a chance to enjoy. Why bother? You know, why bother? If you find the right time and he did, then you have to move on. So, you know, he likes, I think I'm sure he likes the transfer portal in the sense that he can replenish his roster. Of course he's Alabama. You open the door and people will just walk in. Right. Uh, but he shouldn't have to do that. And he shouldn't have to re-recruit his own team. It's a pain, you know? So I think that certainly um, it, it was a big reason he hung it up. And honestly, I think that's going to be a problem in the coaching industry and the SEC moving forward, not the SEC, in the entire college football world moving forward, because you've got these guys that love it, right? You know, Kirby Smart will be fine. You know, he can deal with all of this. Lane Kiffin, sure, he can deal with all of this. Portal King, you know, whatever. They like this stuff. But there are a lot of people who don't. And if you're an assistant right now, or you're trying to, to finally get that head coaching job, if you're my age, 43, and you haven't got a head coaching job yet, why would you keep doing this? Just go to the NFL and coach ball, even if it's a step back in terms of title. So, yeah, I mean, I think Nick Saban, from a head coaching perspective, you can look at that as uh, as a reason he kind of got, he, he was done the reason he made this decision. But I also think it's going to become an epidemic in, in the assistant ranks as well in college football, because it's not, it's not easy. It's not fun. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Barrett, switching gears ever so slightly again, you've been talking college football for quite a while now, talking SEC football specifically for quite a while. When, when you think about Nick Saban, what does he mean to you specifically? Well, I mean, it's easy to say he's the greatest coach of all time because he is. But I think a lot of people focus on the results and end it there, which is fine because he's the greatest of all time when you focus just on that. But he's the greatest recruiter of all time, revolutionized recruiting, because you go back and look at those days at Alabama when he was going up against Urban Meyer on the field and in the living room of every high school recruit. Everybody had to keep up. You know, everybody had to follow in, in Saban's path because Urban was doing it great. Nick did it even better than that. So it, in the age of recruiting budgets and all the money that's pouring in before the NIL stuff, Nick Saban is to uh, is the reason why. And then you look at the NFL draft. You know, you have 44 first-round picks at Alabama. That's insane. Like, that's almost impossible. So in terms of getting players to live out their professional dreams, the greatest at that. And then I wouldn't say he's a, you know, he, he's a de facto czar, right? You know, I, I saw some people saying he's going to go be the commissioner of college football or the czar of college football. Like, no, he's not going to do that now because he already was that. That's what his job was off the field. And he didn't even get paid for it. He just voiced his opinion, whether it be, you know, talking about way back when the plus one system for the playoff, which more or less is what the 14 playoff became, uh, whether it be, you know, setting the tone for early season neutral site kickoff games, because he was the first guy that did that. Him and Tommy Bowden did the, the first Chick-fil-A kickoff game uh, with Alabama and Clemson back, I think it was 2007. Uh, that, re- again, influx of cash, because he decided to buy in to what Gary Stoken, the uh, CEO of the Peach Bowl, sold him on. Um, you know, and, and that goes beyond that. It goes to 10-game conference schedules. He's been fighting for that. Full Power 5 schedules. for You know, he's he's been the driving force, and he always hasn't gotten what he wanted, but he's he's pushing the sport in in the right direction even if it's not exactly the way he wants it it's better than what it was because of Nick Saban now Barrett you've got a piece out right now on cbssports.com highly encourage folks to go check it out if they don't know where to find it go to your social media page it's a couple posts down but you talked about the top moments of Nick Saban's career from the uh, rants that he had, the the getting feisty with Maria Taylor, NIL comments, rat poison. What's your favorite moment, if you had to pick one from the Nick Saban era at Alabama specifically? It's Look, I, the Maria Taylor one is great, but the more underrated one, and you know this is a family-friendly show, but when Georgia State or Georgia Southern ran through them like through a 10 horn, I mean, that was, it was awesome. It was hilarious. It was true, and it was incredibly old-school country West Virginia. 
because it was like his history, his youth was coming out, right? Um, because even if he says stuff like the rat poison thing or whatever to motivate his team, it's not like that. It was like a moment where he was actually true to himself and wasn't like CEO Nick. And that one to me, uh, it stands out. And I, it was, it was one of, if you go back and watch the highlight too, he says it. And then he almost laughs at himself because he's like, that's not what I like. That's not me. I'm supposed to be corporate. I'm supposed to be, you know, a guy that, you know, focuses on getting hibachi hands right now. I'm getting Nick Saban hibachi hands right now. Um, but that's, that one stands out to me. It's not one of the more talked about quotes, but it was, it was hilarious. So Barrett, with the retirement of the GOAT, the coaching search begins. And this is a coaching search unlike any other. We sit now on this Friday morning, 10 a.m. or so, and we talked about it off air. You mentioned this thing is going to move very, very quickly. And Bama has to move quickly because now this entire roster now has 30 days to hit the portal. And you know as well as I do, it's going to be open season on that Alabama roster that you know is chock full of talent, obviously, to keep this thing, the train on the tracks. you got to move quickly. So... You know, we've seen already Dan Lanning, he announces, nope, I'm staying at Oregon. Steve Sarkeesian, he comes out on social media, hook him. Mike yeah. Norvell even comes out and says, go Knowles. Do you buy into what these coaches are saying on social media? I mean, I think it's one of those things where we've seen, I think even with Nick Saban himself denying, I'm not going to take the Miami Dolphins job. <laughs> I'm not taking the Alabama job. Like, do you read into that a lot? If, you, if you're hearing anything of late, obviously I know Kalen DeBoer is the name that's coming up maybe Dabo Sweeney's name all of a sudden he's becoming a a favorite in Vegas to get this job your thoughts on the coaching search to this point and, and what we've seen with the names that have been coming up if you will yeah to me Dan Lanning and Steve Sarkeesian used Alabama because now they can say even if they were never offered or even ever really considered I turned down Alabama so you know it's at the recruiting pitch right like I, it doesn't even matter if it's real it has it has nothing to do whether it was real or not. They can say that to recruits and transfer kids and all that other stuff, and that's going to resonate. Um, and I don't think either one of them was offered. Uh, I think Dan Lanning would have done a great job. I think Steve Sarkeesian would have done a great job. Uh, the Mike Norvell thing, and granted, this is what, 10, 18 a.m., so by 11, 18 a.m. Eastern time, this might be a completely dated podcast, and I apologize, Chris, for that. Uh, but you know, if you're Mike Norvell, wouldn't you tell an Alabama transfer, hey, I want you at Florida State, but hold off? Right? Like, because the dude, he's not, he didn't, the kid didn't transfer from anywhere. He transferred from Alabama and he's already been announced by the school. So he can't go anywhere. If you're Mike Norvell and you have any dignity, wouldn't you tell him, hey, dude, hold off? I don't know. Like, that's just, that's my mindset with them. Now, Kalen DeBoer, uh, canceling his radio appearance on on Friday morning in Seattle is is definitely interesting. You can read some tea leaves there. I I, I don't know, man. The Dabo thing. You heard the guys, the the fans chanting anybody but Dabo. What was that Wednesday night? Mm -hmm. I, the shine should not have come off of Dabo, mm -hmm. right? Like the the DJ year sucked. Cade did the the offense this year under Garrett Riley was not what we thought it would be but he's still Dabo. He's still an Alabama guy and a new fresh start, I think would, would help. And I've always likened this Dabo. I've kind of done a 180 on this, right? I've always thought the Dabo Alabama thing would never happen 
because Dabo built Clemson into a superpower. And he did it using a real estate analogy. He built his own house. He, it was his furnishings. It was his decision. It was his, it was his boat. It was his dock. He built everything at Clemson. Why would he go to Alabama and live in Nick Saban's house? Even if it's a little bit nicer. But now, after what's gone on at Clemson in three straight subpar seasons, they've, I wouldn't say he's fallen out of favor with them, but he's not the legend that maybe they thought he would be. So now maybe you do go to Alabama. The, the thing is, if you're Alabama, if you're, if you're Greg Byrne, you have to get reassurance from Dabo that he's going to use the transfer portal the way he should, and he's going to use NIL the way he should. And Dabo's a little stubborn, but if Dabo has that assurance or provides them that assurance, then I think it could happen. There's another problem too. Alabama's NIL collective is not necessarily what, you know, what others are. It's still good, but it needs to be better. So I don't know if that's going to matter in terms of, of some coaches, but if Dabo's comes out, Dabo comes out and says, yeah, I want to, I want to use, use NIL. I'm going to use transfer portal. And then he gets a, a, in a situation where he can't do some things that could be a little disconcerting too. Barrett, in your opinion, is there a guy out there that you think would be the perfect fit? Is there that home run out there for Alabama? Again, we've mentioned, let's just pretend that Dan Lanning, Sarkeesian were possible or they were or whatever. Like when this job came open, was there a guy that came top of mind for you? You said, this is the next coach. This is the guy they've got to go get. They go get him. He's going to pick up right where Nick Saban left off. No, that guy doesn't exist. <laughs> like flat out doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, you know, could Lane Kiffin do it? Yeah, I think Lane Kiffin could do it, but not immediately. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you never want to be the, it's like Bobby Bowden, what Bobby Bowden said. You never want to replace a legend. You want to be the guy who replaces the guy who replaced a legend. And, that's not to say necessarily that's applicable to this Alabama coaching search because it's not. I do think Alabama can stay at an elite level, but I think we'd all be kidding ourselves if anybody predicted Alabama to go into the 2024 season and go undefeated, which is something that happens a lot preseason, or even just be a one-loss team because it's so uncertain. It's so new to us, no matter who the coach is. And Barrett, you mentioned this earlier about Kalen DeBoer obviously canceling his radio appearance Friday morning. That feels like a pretty good sign that things are at least progressing to where he may be named the next coach. Next head coach. Let's just say they do land Kalen DeBoer. What would your thoughts be on that hiring? He's obviously done great things at Washington. It's it's somewhat of a small sample size, but the turnaround there has been wildly impressive obviously making an appearance in the national title game i mean like you mentioned there's no true home run hire but that'd be doing pretty well in my opinion what say you yeah i'd be fine with it you know i think the maybe the view of how he would be received because he's not a southern guy he doesn't have southern ties doesn't know the high school all that stuff you know those would be out there but i think what has sort of become more prominent over the last couple of, of seasons is going out and hire a winning, hiring a winner is fine. A, a, a going out and hire a dude who can win consistently at every level and has shown it is perfect. Now you got to hire a pretty good staff and you have to have a mix of your own guys and Southern guys or whatever. I get that, but I'd be totally fine with Kalen DeBoer because he's won everywhere he's gone and there's nothing to suggest that he won't win 
at an even higher level than he did at Washington. And, you know, it's not like the dude is Brian Harson and won at Boise State. The guy went to a freaking national championship game. So I think, yeah, they'd be doing just fine with Kalen DeBoer. Barrett, outside of Georgia, because I feel like that's pretty obvious, who in the SEC benefits most from Nick Saban hanging it up? Ooh, that's a really good question. I would say, mm, man, I was going to say Josh Heupel in Tennessee, but if Lane doesn't get the Alabama job, Lane Kiffin. Because slowly but surely, he's he's gotten to a point where you know, he's the New Year's Six coach. He's led them to an 11-win season, first 11-win season in program history. He's the portal king. Their portal's still open for Alabama players, right? <laughs> so I think all those things considered, if Lane doesn't get hired by Alabama, then he's going to benefit most by Nick Saban not being there because it's going to be, I wouldn't say easy for Lane to, to elevate that program even more than it is, but he can elevate that program. He's got the chance. He's got a bigger chance, a better chance than he's ever had to elevate that program to a place it's never been because he already did it. You know, he already did it. So if you can go out there and poach a couple Alabama players and the greatest of all times no longer in your, well, I mean, in your conference, obviously going to say division, but that's still weird. It's hard to get my, my mind wrapped around the fact that there are no divisions, which is a good thing. Uh, but probably Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Barrett, you mentioned something earlier I want to revisit with Dan Lanning and Steve Sarkeesian. Even if they weren't offered the job, the optics of turning it down and publicly going out and saying, I'm staying, I'm not going anywhere, what that means for the Oregon and the Texas programs, I especially look at Texas because obviously they're coming into the SEC, Quinn Ewers is back. That's a huge notch on the belt for both of those guys and both of those programs especially, I would believe. For sure. There's no doubt, especially for Texas. Like you said, you know, they're coming in right now in a situation where, yeah, you know, they would have been equal to or a little bit lesser than Alabama in the SEC, even though they beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa this past year. But now, wouldn't you view them as equal to or perhaps better, considering they've got a coach who led them to a playoff? They've got a quarterback who's not only succeeded at an elite level, but is probably a high draft pick. You've got a guy in Steve Sarkeesian who is a portal king. He has money everywhere. I mean, everywhere for Texas. Um, yeah, it's a huge benefit for Texas. And for Oregon, yeah, it's it's interesting because by Dan Lanning saying that he's staying and, and sort of inferring that he turned down the Alabama job, he can, he can sell this at, to recruits as, hey, guys, we don't have a Pac-12 anymore. We're the class of the West Coast, and you get to go play Big Ten teams all the time. Like that's a that's a really good sales pitch. Oh, by the way, Phil Knight bankrolls us. <laughs> it's it's uh, it, it, Oregon as a result is I think going to be equal to the Michigans and the Ohio States of the Big Ten. Now, Barrett, again, like I mentioned, you're a national college football analyst, if you will, so I can't help but ask you about this latest thing with the NCAA in Florida State. What did FSU do to the NCAA? Because it's, it's <laughs> one thing after another after another. Now the sanctions come out for NIL-related issues. I feel like the NCAA is a bit of a joke. That's probably an understatement, if you will. But, I mean, 
it's just they're kind of picking and choosing, it feels like, who to go after. We just had a national champion that the coach missed half the season because of a cheating scandal, if you will. I won't even dive into that. But your thoughts on the latest from the NCAA uh, kind of picking on Florida State again, if you will. Yeah, you know, it's something that I, you know, we kind of heard about uh, because I think this has been a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a long time coming, but the NCAA has had its focus on the state of Florida for NIL-related stuff for a long time. And it's not because any of those schools are doing anything different. It's because the laws were enacted faster. You know, they were one of the first states. And the law is really, I wouldn't, it, it can be interpreted, uh, interpreted very loosely. And so because of that, you know, the NCAA short staff, they don't have a lot of employees, especially when it comes to enforcement. They've, they've hired some more people, but, you know, you're not talking about the FBI. And, you know, <laughs> government spending the way that maybe some people out in Washington, D.C. spend. So they've come. I think they've focused on Florida to try to make a statement and streamline their own rules. So when Florida State comes along and I wouldn't say blatantly disobeys the rules, but maybe is one of the first to not do this properly then they're going to come after him and and try to make a statement even though they don't have teeth and the NCAA's you know weak or whatever and it's they're level 2 violations you know it's not a big deal but i i think it's a statement and and nothing more and it really has more to do with the NCAA's focus on the state of Florida as a whole when it comes to NIL related activities rather than one specific thing that Florida state is doing that nobody else is Barrett, last thing, and we'll get you out of here. You mentioned this, and I want to touch on it yet again. We enter a new era of college football, right, with the expanded conferences now, Texas and Oklahoma coming over. No more divisions, a 12-team playoff, an ever-changing landscape of NIL, transfer portal, and now no Nick Saban. I guess just how weird is that as we enter this new era without this figure we had had in college football for so long it just feels like really interesting times for the sport of college football as a whole. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing is going to be weird. You know, earlier I, I kind of mentioned like Ole Miss was in the same division as Alabama. I had to stop myself. Like, oh, no, that's not, that's not happening anymore. And then like I put together my uh, way too early college football playoff picks and I'm like, oh, I can't have Texas and Alabama in the or Georgia in the top four because they're two SEC teams. That's weird. <laughs> Right. So it's like it it's hard. Um, and with net without Nick Saban, no matter who Alabama hires, it's it's gonna be very weird not to see him on the sideline. Um, and and I think it's in this day and age with everything that's going on off the field and the new playoff system, and it's just it's a it truly is a turning of the page, and some of it's gonna be for the better, some of it's gonna be for the worst. Now a lot of people have differing opinions on what is better and what is worse, but it's going to be the 2024 season, man. Uh, I don't, uh, we always go in like, I don't know what to expect. I really have no freaking clue what to expect in 2024. Barrett Salee of CBS sports. What I do expect Barrett, you'll again, continue to crush it and have great success as you deserve. My friend, I appreciate you taking the time. You can follow him at Barrett Salee on social media. Check out his work, cbssports.com. Barrett, it's always a pleasure, my man. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.